A big policy change coming this week has Texas cities bracing for more migrants crossing the border. Our job will be to continue to help our asylum seekers get to the next destination. We will not send anybody to anywhere they don't want to. The preparations for the end of Title 42 and why some leaders say the federal government needs to do more. Conflict at the Capitol over a bill to ban transition-related care for Texas children. Why the debate led to people getting kicked out of the building. The Texas Senate considers new bills to hold the state's medical board accountable when doctors with problematic pasts aren't reported to the public. How our investigation is playing a role at the Capitol. The race for Senate ramps up in Texas. How a former pro football player is preparing to take on Ted Cruz in one of the biggest races on next year's ballot. Produced from the Capitol in Austin and airing statewide, this is the award-winning State of Texas. Hello and thank you for joining us, I'm Josh Hinkle. Communities along the border are bracing for a potential surge of migrants. It comes as Title 42 restrictions are set to expire Thursday. Title 42 allows Border Patrol agents authority to expel migrants seeking asylum. The policy was originally passed in 1944 as a way to reduce the risk of spreading disease. President Donald Trump invoked Title 42 to deter migration during the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the last three years, NBC reports that it's been used to turn away migrants more than two and a half million times. Even before the policy ends, some places in Texas are already seeing a surge in migrants. On Monday, the city of El Paso entered a state of emergency. Skylar Soto looks closer at how city leaders there are preparing for what could happen when Title 42 ends. They're not coming to El Paso, they're coming to move to the to come to the United States. There is no doubt that the immigration process is broken. After Mayor Oscar Leeser's state of emergency, migrants continue to flood the streets of El Paso. City leaders say they are expecting 12 to 15,000 people to cross when Title 42 ends. Coming to the United States and, and our job will be to continue to help our asylum seekers get to the next destination. We will not send anybody to anywhere they don't want to. So we'll interview, make sure to send them. The mayor saying how important it is to decompress the community by preparing vacant EPISD schools and if needed, the civic center with the money collected from the federal government. We have received $22.5 million to be able to uh, do the, uh, the job today. We still have $15 million that we'll continue to use. This is not on the back the local taxpayers. The goal is to help these migrants get to their next destination. And it's not just about transporting those that don't have a means to get to the, the unsponsored. It's about transporting people to other hub locations so they can get a flight out of other airports. So it might come across as two different transportations, but, but that, that's what the key is. It's to decompress here locally and to get them onto a transportation hub where they can connect easier with flights. That was Skylar Soto reporting from El Paso. The end of Title 42 has communities all along the border preparing for a surge. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas spent two days visiting part of the Rio Grande Valley. He met with local leaders and Border Patrol officials as they brace for the end of the policy. Mayorkas says the Biden administration has plans in place to respond to a potential surge of migrants. The administration announced that they will deploy 1,500 active duty troops to assist Border Patrol. But the administration faces critics from both sides of the aisle who say that's not enough. Senator John Cornyn believes the administration is unprepared for a likely surge. After saying that the border is secure, 
uh, then to send 1,500 active duty military to the border is just a symbolic, an empty symbolic gesture. So um, I'm afraid that we're going to see what has been a flood of humanity coming across the border turn into a, a tsunami. Cornyn said the administration has to do more to signal that people who cross the border illegally won't be able to stay in the country. The state is ramping up inspections along the Mexico border. The governor ordered the Texas Department of Public Safety to inspect big rig traffic. It's happening at Veterans International Bridge in Brownsville. Truckers have reported being stuck for hours. The inspections are expected to run through Sunday. The governor's office has not announced any other plans related to other ports of entry after the Thursday deadline. Also on Thursday, a decisive deadline at the state capitol. It's the last day the Texas House can consider House bills on second reading. In short, a lot of legislation will die that night. Traditionally, we've seen a lot of tense moments in the chamber before that midnight deadline. We saw a lot of tension Tuesday in the House chamber as lawmakers tried to take up a Senate bill that would ban transition-related health care for minors. As debate started on Senate Bill 14, protesters in the House gallery started chanting in opposition to the legislation. That led Speaker Dade Phelan to ask the sergeant-at-arms to clear the House gallery. A few moments later, we saw some protesters being forced out of the hallway outside the chamber. Supporters and opponents of the legislation gathered in the Capitol Rotunda, many raising their voices in protest. Eventually, DPS ordered all of them to leave the building. But lawmakers quickly worked to get the bill back on track, and on Friday's House calendar, it brought back people for and against the bill. Capitol reporter Ryan Chandler looks closer at the debate. He's the kind of person that from age five, when he walked into the room, teachers would say, your child's smile lights up the entire room. For Sarah Morales' son, gender transition care was not just life-changing, but life-saving. He had been self-harming and starving himself and doing a number of different destructive things to his body because he felt like he was trying to force himself to be okay. Born female, she says her son's image didn't fit his identity. They made the difficult decision to transition with testosterone. He was thriving again, and this was because he was allowed to move into presenting himself in a way that felt congruent with how he felt in his head. Those steps will likely be illegal for minors like him after this legislative session. Senate Bill 14 would prohibit doctors from providing minors with surgery that adds or removes genitals, puberty blockers, or hormones like testosterone or estrogen. And it would require minors currently transitioning to wean off their current medication. Because the politics now has become more important than the science. As a medical doctor, Representative Tom Oliverson says his bill will better protect children. You're taking these kids with a mental health condition and totally normal anatomy and you're destroying that anatomy forever and all time under the theory that it's somehow gonna completely resolve their mental health problems. And the reality is, is that that is not true. On the House floor, a series of procedural objections from Democrats stalled the bill. The gallery tense, but tame as Texans awaited a decision all say could mean life or death. And late Friday afternoon, that bill stalled after a rare point of order raised a procedural objection which sent it back to the Public Health Committee. It will be there for some cleanups, and then it will be back next week, according to the chairman of the Calendars Committee, Lubbock State Representative Dustin Burroughs. He said it will come back up, it will not be watered down, it will pass, and it will become law.
At the state capitol, I'm Ryan Chandler. The debate in Texas over transition-related care mirrors what's happening in several other states. On Monday, Oklahoma's governor signed a bill into law banning gender transition surgeries and hormone therapies for anyone under age 18. Several other states passed bans just in the past few weeks, joining others that already had them in place. The states highlighted on this map have passed laws or policies that banned gender-affirming care for people under the age of 18. More than a dozen other states are currently considering a ban. We deserve a senator whose team is Texas. But Ted Cruz only cares about himself. A battle for one of Texas U.S. Senate seats is heating up. A former NFL player is looking to take on Ted Cruz. How the senator is responding to the challenge. Our team testified about doctors with problematic pasts and the transparency troubles surrounding patient safety in Texas. Still practicing. An update to our investigation coming up. We don't have to be embarrassed by our senator. We can get a new one. A major development this week in the 2024 race for U.S. Senate. Dallas area Congressman Colin Allred announced he wants to challenge Senator Ted Cruz. Allred is a former NFL player who's serving his third term in Congress. The announcement came in a video released online. In the video, Allred highlighted his bipartisan work in Congress, including legislation to help bring high-tech jobs to Texas. He also criticized Cruz for focusing on culture war issues that divide Texans. We deserve a senator whose team is Texas. But Ted Cruz only cares about himself. You know that. Allred took several jabs at Cruz's past, specifically his actions during the January 6th Capitol attack and his trip to Cancun during the 2021 February freeze in Texas. Politics reporter Monica Madden had the chance to talk to Senator Cruz and asked him to respond to the criticism. You can always expect Democrats to be attacking and to be criticizing. I, I can tell you what my priorities are, and there are three things, jobs, freedom, and security. The reason those are my priorities is those are the top priorities for Texans. Monica joins us now. We just heard the senator there. Did he say anything specifically about the challenge from Allred? Well, I have to give you a little bit of backstory, Josh. Since I was interviewing him from the Capitol, there's actually Senate Ethics uh, Committee rules that prohibit lawmakers from talking about campaigns or elections while they're acting in their official duty, specifically in the Capitol. So we couldn't ask him specifically about Allred's launched campaign, but we did kind of find a workaround asking him to respond to criticisms that Allred and other Democrats have made about him in general and um, we asked you know about the notion that Cruz is stoking culture wars rather than focusing on policy matters for Texans and he didn't respond specifically to that criticism per se but said he expects Democrats to criticize him always and then pivoted to different talking points of what he sees as his accomplishments during his time as a senator for Texas he said he's focused on jobs freedom and security those three things all right well that makes sense there has been a push to get all red to run against Cruz for a while. What do we know about this background? Well, Allred is from Texas. He's from Dallas, was raised by a single mom. He talks about that in his campaign launch video about uh, growing up with his mom, who was a teacher. So he said he can relate to a lot of the everyday struggles of everyday Texans. And from there, he uh, played football all his life and was able to become an NFL linebacker. So that's where he first kind of got that name recognition. Then he left the NFL to go to law school, eventually served in the Obama 
administration before running for Congress. And when he ran for Congress, he uh, beat a longtime Republican Pete Sessions, which is something that Democrats are looking toward as a hopeful sign about him. But in his campaign video in general, Allred really focused on a lot of the things that he's worked on in Congress. He's positioning himself as someone who is bipartisan, who's willing to work across the aisle, listed a couple of his accomplishments in that video. And uh, that's how he's trying to frame himself as differently than his possible opponent, Cruz. Well, Cruz won narrowly last time against Beto O'Rourke, you might remember. Any signs that this race could also be close? I think that is something that Democrats are pointing to. Granted, it's going to be a challenge. We know that Democrats haven't won a statewide seat in Texas since the 90s. But because of that close margin last time, Democrats are hopeful that maybe Allred might be this guy. Granted, it has it might be difficult to replicate the type of campaign we saw in 2018. There's different factors now. But, you know, Allred is someone who has had a fundraising ability when he was running against Sessions, who was a longtime Republican incumbent in that seat. He did outraise Sessions, so Democrats are hopeful about that. And he just announced that within the first 36 hours of launching the Senate campaign, he raised $2 million. So as we know, you need money to run a campaign in this state. All right, Monica, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. The Texas Medical Board is supposed to protect patients from doctors with problematic pasts, but our investigation found that's not always happening. I think you've been a great service to the people of Texas with what you've written about and is exposed. The new bill's making progress at the Capitol to hold the board accountable. And later, a loophole in Texas law makes it nearly impossible for families to get answers in criminal cases when a suspect dies. Why that loophole could soon be closed. For more than a year, our investigators have been telling you about doctors with hidden problems in their pasts coming to Texas to practice. Our reporting leading to several bills filed to protect patients this legislative session. The latest bills look to keep the Texas Medical Board accountable in new ways, holding the agency head liable if patients are harmed by such doctors. It brought our Matt Grant to the state capitol to testify about our discoveries and learn some new discoveries in the process. I'm on the Senate floor. I'm Matt Grant, an investigative reporter with KXAN. And Talking about our reporting, revealing nearly 50 doctors practicing or able to in Texas, despite their medical licenses suspended or revoked in other states. In some cases, patients died. The Texas Medical Board's goal is to, quote, protect and enhance the public's health, safety, and welfare. But we've discovered in case after case, the board has instead prioritized protecting physicians over patients. We found no record of any out-of-state discipline listed on those doctors' public Texas Medical Board profiles, even though it's required by law. This particular problem was originally exposed by some really good investigative reporters from KXAN. Republican State Senator Bob Hall. We are very grateful to them for their findings. Says our findings helped shape his latest legislation. I think you've been a great service to the people of Texas with what you've written about and is exposed. Do you think the Texas Medical Board needs to be held accountable? Oh, absolutely. The Medical Board... Part of that, a proposal to hold this man, TMB Executive Director Brent Carlton, civilly liable if a doctor harms a patient and the board failed to verify information on their license application. That would certainly be unique uh, in the state of Texas. Still, Hall's legislation doesn't address doctors with problematic pass kept secret. More than a year after our initial reporting, the boards updated nearly all the doctor profiles we discovered missing out-of-state discipline. And since our latest questions, is continuing to update some still without records. Were any of these doctors disciplined 
for failing to report this to you in the first place? So it wasn't a failure to disclose. It was more of a failure to put it on the profile. Carlton now clarifying his official response and who's to blame for keeping the public in the dark, saying it wasn't the doctors, but instead the board itself. It just wasn't made public on the website? That's correct, yeah. Last year, when we alerted the board to our findings, Carlton said other groups, like the Federation of State Medical Boards, filled in the gaps. The vast majority of them, we said, they are things that the board was aware of uh, already for either through an FSMB report or something that the licensee already uh, previously disclosed. But those disclosures weren't made public for months or even years, including some doctors fined and suspended in other states for trying to keep past punishment or crimes hidden there. But for us to prove a doctor was up front when applying for a Texas license would be tough. The board cites statutory confidentiality, leaning on a 16-year-old ruling by Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott, now governor, who then said license applications must remain sealed. Paul says it's further proof the agency needs an accountability overhaul. A Texas medical board that was not doing the vital job that it's supposed to do, be doing, and that is protecting our citizens from doctors who actually do harm. Hall's bill we just mentioned is pending in committee. Another he filed, Senate Bill 666, is set to go before the full Senate next. But the medical board president tells me that that bill's not patient-centric. In its original form, it would have lowered the statute of limitations for complaints against doctors from seven years to three, eliminated confidential complaints, and limited board investigations only to an original allegation, no matter what else is discovered. The board's president, who you can see behind me, says those kind of measures help protect physicians, but not necessarily patients. After our questions, Hall adjusted some of those points to a new version of the bill that's moving forward now. You can see those updates. Josh on our website. All right, thank you, Matt. Another bill in direct response to our investigations was recently voted out of a House committee. Democratic Representative Julie Johnson's HB 1998 would prevent doctors who've had licenses revoked in other states from practicing in Texas. It would make it a crime for doctors to lie on licensure applications and require continuous monitoring of all Texas physicians with the National Practitioner Data Bank. We looked at other states and whether their medical boards allow the public to access doctor licensed materials. At least one is definitely more transparent than Texas with these records. See the results of our review in this story in the Texas politics section of our website. A loophole in Texas law lets police keep information secret in criminal cases when the suspect dies. Lawmakers have worked for years to close that loophole. Why the mass shooting in Uvalde is now playing a key role in the debate. Three weeks shy of the one-year anniversary of the Uvalde mass shooting, the Texas House approved a bill to end the state's so-called dead suspect loophole. Currently, Texas law gives police discretion to withhold information in criminal cases that haven't gone through the court process. It applies to the case of Uvalde, where records about police response are still not public since the suspect is dead. The bill's author has been working on this bill for years, but says renewed urgency helped him get support, including the House Speaker. I think after the investigation that we conducted in, in Uvalde in the wake of the tragedy there, um, it, it really crystallized the need to close that loophole. The issue with it, it became extremely pronounced during, during that investigation because what we needed were the facts. We needed the, the documentation. We needed the videos. We needed to know what happened. 
The bill does allow exceptions for active investigations, so if it were to become law, the records related to the Uvalde shooting would still be sealed as long as the DA's investigation is ongoing. A bill to make it easier for you to get an itemized medical invoice is one step closer to becoming law. Senate Bill 490 was filed by Republican Senator Brian Hughes. The bill requires that patients be given an itemized invoice that lists each service provided, a plain language description of the service, and the amount due. The bill was voted out of committee this week and now heads to the House floor. If it passes, it'll go back to the Senate for a final review. There is a House companion bill waiting to be heard on the House floor. The Texas House also passed a bill to ban temporary paper license plates, a move sparked by our ongoing Risky Rides investigation. The measure aims to stop widespread use of fake paper tags, which police say can be easy to counterfeit and are tied to a major criminal operation in Texas and beyond. If the bill becomes law, it would be phased in over the next few years. It heads next to the Senate where an identical bill is awaiting action. You can catch up on our complete coverage. Just look for the Risky Rides link in this story in the Texas politics section of our website. Thank you again for joining us for State of Texas. I'm Josh Hinkle. We'll be back next week to bring you an in-depth look at Texas politics.